Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Ollie. And I think you 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 are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one <laughs> wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bola Boys podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Vis. And together with me, the same two people. Uh, I have Kaiser <laughs> and Rahul. And this is episode one, uh, guys. 11. Wow, wow, we've made it to 11 episodes. <laughs> Don't sound so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> the same two guys. Wow. <laughs> so, guys, today we're going to do something different. Uh, the first part is usually our review section, so we're going to be talking about United, who we haven't spoken a while uh, about, <laughs> and then we're going to talk about Chelsea, Spurs, <laughs> and then for the preview section, we're not going to do a preview, instead we're going to focus and dedicate that entire section for the fight for top four, basically the fight for fourth place. So with that being said, let's kick off guys uh, with the um, saddest news, um, Claudio uh, Ranieri has been sacked. Oh. As Watford manager, another Watford sacking. Yeah, and I think uh, this is um, Watford's uh, 73rd sacking uh, this season alone. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's only January. I, oh yeah. my god! So well, they got yeah. another three managers to come in for the end of the season. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> Are they paying these people like compen- compensation every time? As yeah, well? must god. do. Yeah, must So Roy has taken over his spot. And um, I don't know, it's, it's not official yet at the time of recording, but yeah, like, it's pretty much we're just waiting for a here we go. Oh God, can you imagine as a Watford fan listening? I was and, just going to uh, say that. Hodgson is about to come in, I mean, zero optimism. So the, what's, uh, the, what's the plan here? Average lifespan of a Watford manager, I don't know across how many years or whatever, has been 28 games. 28 games, that's all, you know. It's yeah, like what, two-thirds yeah. of a season. Yeah. Shit. Uh, I think they're ambitious. Only thirteen huh? or fourteen days uh, a game. Sorry, they're ambitious though. They're trying. Ambitious for what? To just yeah. avoid relegation. Did you did you see the the meme where um uh, uh, Ranieri is like um it's not a meme actually it's like an interview like a like a post hacking interview and he's so <laughs> nice you know he's so pleasant in the interview and he just drives off he's like see ya <laughs> see ya because <laughs> yeah because he gets to bag that that yeah, contract you know exactly, like exactly yeah. yeah they're all happy yeah. they got their money and without having to manage Watford it's a win win. So nonetheless um, We hope that he does a good job And um, of course we don't want um, Teams to get relegated And we also hope that Watford survive That's a lie (laughs) (laughs) We're hoping Everton get relegated (laughs) So okay now we've, We've got that out of the way Let's get into the good stuff So let's talk about the first team They're in third With 47 points Uh, there's City and Liverpool above them. This is Chelsea. And Kaiser, what did you think? So, oh my God, I was hyping you too much. Huh? <laughs> wow, you really gave that a good intro. Huh? This, is This is Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're third now and it looks like they have that spot uh, sorted. I mean, I don't want to jinx it. Liverpool might go down there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, City and Liverpool have games in hand and they're above them currently. Uh, they've been quite... Poor form. They've been up and down. Before the Spurs game recently, they had three draws and one loss. Uh, so definitely not a 
champion's uh, form, if anything. And Lukaku has returned to the squad recently. And unfortunately for Chelsea fans, has not made a huge impact that they expected. Uh, if we go to the City match first, yes, Vis, you want to say uh, something about the Lukaku comment? <laughs> no, 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 nothing about Lukaku. We'll get, we get to that later. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We continue. Yeah, but I was yeah. just going to say, are we, are we, are we, are we going to talk about him later? Because we need to, uh, we definitely need to. Yeah, we'll talk of about him later. Yeah, yeah. Of course okay. we need to. Of course we need to talk okay. about Lukaku. But yeah, I want to go look into the last two matches because I mentioned that Tuchel has been changing up his formation because um, of his uh, recent poor form. So for the City match, he went for 3-4-2-1 and left out Mount, which was a huge decision. And he said he wanted runners Ziyech and Pulisic. Uh, but they ended up playing very narrow the front three with Lukaku and they always wanted the ball to feed. It was too easy uh, for City. And I don't know if you guys saw uh, Alonso and Aspi as well on uh, wing-backs and they were constantly getting beaten by uh, Sterling yeah. and Grealish that game. Sterling had a very yeah, good game. It's, it's no surprise that Chelsea's dip in form has come also when both the wing-backs have been out, right? So Chilwell yeah. and... Mm. James both James. for a long, long period. Yeah, I remember those two, three months when it was all Chilwell and James. Not even just defensively, but they were scoring all the scoring, goals yeah, he for them as well. James. Yeah, uh, I think Mount has uh, probably taken over. Surpassed but that, yeah. Yeah, it was a KG affair overall, and fans were disappointed that Tuchel went for counter-attacking. They wanted uh, Chelsea to go. Um, what's the phrase? Foot to foot. I don't know. Uh, feet to feet Toe to <laughs> toe bro Toe to toe, toe, toe. I knew toe I got the, I got the right body part <laughs> So close So close <laughs> What did he say After foot to foot Feet to feet Fuck it The thing is The thing is though I I feel, what you know, when Tuchel first came in And he was having Quite a few string of performances I think in the first four Including the Champions League final he they beat City. Yeah. They never went for foot to foot or toe to toe. It was never yeah, yeah. it was never sort of uh Chelsea trying to dominate possession and play through City. It was never like that. They always played on the counter, didn't they? They, yeah. they set a low block and they were very solid. City had trouble and then a lot of the I mean, especially in the Champions League, Harvard's goal came from a counter attack. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I I'm happy to be proven wrong from from Chelsea fans, but I feel the approach from Tuchel against City has always been to be a bit more passive, and hit them on the counter. So you know, it, it was no surprise to me that 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 was the approach taken in this game as well. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but this and game I I just thought it was so flat and and Chelsea looked so like so blunt. You know, they just didn't do anything. Didn't look like they wanted to win the game. And it was just going on and on, and all you needed was a, a stunner from KDB la. To yeah. be fair, the Champions League final, Kante had such a good game, and to be fair to Kante, even this game also, he tried his best. He did play well, but I, I don't, I don't think one man can do it again and again all the time la. I think um, as a consequence of obviously Chelsea a bit later now, but because of the way Liverpool have been playing, seventeen eighteen, and when Chelsea lost the title, uh, Chelsea City lost the title in nineteen twenty. We've seen that switch in the way City play, right? So City, the way they play this season and last season is different to how they are playing 18-19-19-20. And I think the way Guardiola has set up the team now, learning from, I guess, the Chelsea games and whenever he's come mm. up against Liverpool is just to have control, to dominate every game. Yeah. And they, I think he, he wants... And that's evident by the fact that he plays just midfielders, you know? Yeah. 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 The team is full of midfielders. They always 
uh, in positions where they're controlling the ball, controlling the space, and it's very rarely. I've not seen a game in the last well in the last few months where City have been on the ropes. Even against uh, Liverpool, when you know they drew, it was again counter attack. It was brilliant from Salah, but you never see City under the cosh. Yeah, you, know, you never see them ready. constantly broken on. I think Arsenal maybe yeah. was the first time you saw that, and I think that was maybe because you know Guardiola was saying the squad was tired. They were coming after a run of quite a few games, so yeah. I think that's why maybe this you know Chelsea looks so flat against them. Guardiola has just figured out a way to control. Yeah, he really has found the formula because like it's not super high intensity or anything anymore. It's like really like controlled intensity. Yeah, and that's what you needed the last game especially, right? They didn't need to win that game. You know, he was already in an advantage. And City just, all they needed to do was just control the game, try and nick it if they can. Even if it was a 0 0, it's still such a good result for them. You know, so. Yeah. But they still won. They still won. That's the thing. It's a control yeah. win. La. That's what it was. Yeah. And Chelsea's next match uh, against Spurs, I mean, it was not the most exciting game as well. I think that's a pattern we're seeing. Uh, with Chelsea. Um, interestingly, they played Spurs three times in three weeks in uh, January and beat Spurs every single time. I mean, history did favour Chelsea as well. No former manager, it's quite interesting stat, has ever won a Premier League game against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the last 21 games. So that includes like Ranieri all the way to Conte uh, recently. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And Spurs haven't beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge since 1990. Uh, and so, during this game, Mount uh, returned um, and he played with uh, Ziyech as well, which was two standout performers this game, both offensively, defensively. Uh, Hudson Odoi, I think, was another key standout uh, against Tanganga, who was turning him inside out the whole game. Uh, and Chelsea came out storming the second half with two goals in 10 minutes. I mean, I'm sure everyone saw Ziyech's goal, uh, which was like 0.02 or 0.03 XG, apparently lower than Kovacic's, which was already a ridiculous goal. Uh, yeah, Liverpool. but such a good goal though. That yeah. the, there was one angle of the 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 replay of the goal, so nice, so yeah. nice to see, so satisfying, know? right? Yeah, probably. But the thing Chelsea is, I was just uh, I was thinking about these goals. So Ziyech's goal and Kovacic's goal, they, mm. I think they paper over some cracks in um, Chelsea's performances over the last few months mm. since they've lost the, f- the wing back, since they've sort of not found that fluidity. Well, I don't think they've been fluid all season up front. Against yeah. Liverpool game as well, turning point was that wonder goal from Kovacic. Before then, yeah. it was 2-0. Yeah, and arguably, yeah, yeah. If, if the game goes in at half-time without that wonder goal, I wonder if you know the result might have been different. Obviously, it's impossible to say. Same thing with the Spurs game. We'll come to talk about how Spurs approached it, but... If this wonder goal doesn't go in, it seemed like it was going to be one of those days, you know. Yeah. So yeah, this is great, and I'm sure Chelsea fans will be listening to this and be like, "What? You know, how are you criticizing wonder goals? Like that's not something wrong." But I yeah. think it's definitely hiding a few deficiencies. Yeah. Which we've seen exposed against Brighton. We've seen exposed against lesser teams where they've really struggled to turn the screw and yeah, score. I think the easy goal, you know. Yeah, that's, the that's, easy that, goals, that's yeah. a fair point as well because it's also their first goal which can change the momentum of a game usually it's not like they're 3-0 up and they're scoring a wonder goal uh, as well uh, but Ziyech hopefully he's hoping to continue his form he's got two goals in the last two games and been given game time yeah. um, so he's seeing more trust from Tuchel uh, another um, player that fans will be happy with Thiago Silva uh, he'll be staying for another season and he was dominant that game um, yeah he played very well actually yeah scored the header from uh, Mount Corner 
another one to highlight is Malang Sar uh, because they've had a lot of uh, defensive injuries and so he's come in play at centre back and full back has done really well. He was meant to go out on loan actually at the start of the season, so uh, he's been proving his worth uh, to Tuchel. Um, and of course, Mr. Lukaku. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, in the League Cup, he's I saw him play he well, sucks. some yeah. points. <laughs> Uh, when he partners with like Harvard's or Werner up front in a two and he's not so isolated um, he can share their pressing duties so it's not all on him to uh, press the back line but when he's up front he seems too isolated and he's not um, making a huge impact because right I, I think this was the one they played against City uh, Lukaku started against City right for sure he started against City okay anyway it was one of the uh, yeah it was the one against City where Lukaku, every time Chelsea were sort of on the break yes. and they yes. needed to, you know, get a few passes together, it always died off at Lukaku. Mm. Either he would miscontrol or either he would do some weird-ass flick or something and then lose possession. And post-match, I remember Tuchel stressed this. He's like, there's too many times where we gave the ball away at the wrong times. To be fair, Chelsea were like, you know, when they, when they counted, they counted properly until it came to Lukaku. You know, and one... Sad thing is about him, he's when it comes to build up play, he's not been there. When it comes to finishing off chances, he's not been there as well. Yeah. And I don't know if it's um, maybe he's out of form or whatnot, but this is what I've seen as a United fan. And this is why I come back to the point of me saying in the beginning of the season when Chelsea bought Lukaku for 100 million, this is what I meant by he's not a 100 million uh, pound player. This, that's just Lukaku, you know. And I think that's his ceiling. Maybe I'm a bit harsh here, but this is Lukaku. I'm not surprised. I am not surprised. That's 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 what I wanted to say. I th- I think it's yeah. I mean, obviously now when it's hard in to hindsight, easy to say lah. But yeah, I think it's hard to justify. But but also I think he almost seems like he's been shoehorned. First thing he's been shoehorned into his team. I don't think they play to his strengths necessarily. And the second thing is, I think there's a problem throughout the Premier League where lots of teams. Are struggling with number nines. We, yep. you know, later I on we'll come actually. to talk yeah. about Arsenal. I agree. Uh, we look at the two top teams; they don't really play with number nines. Yeah, yeah, that's a very United, good point, bro. United, uh, Ronaldo. I, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess maybe we can call him a number nine now. But even then, he's not really been flying. Like a, Cavani yeah, doesn't like not really a true start in and out. Nine, nine, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I and think <coughs> and Kane, look at Kane, Kane now. So yeah, I was gonna say Kane as well because like you can see these teams actually sometimes play better without the yeah. So I, d- I don't know if it's just coincidence or it's just something where I'm trying to fit in the narrative rather than what is actually happening. But definitely seems to be a pattern where number nines are either are not doing well in the Premier League or teams are not set up in a way to allow number nines to be good, which is not the se- the case in other leagues, you know. So. Uh, coming yeah, back to Lukaku, I don't know if it's fair to say if he's a hundred million pound player in this context. But I think if you're still in Italy, I think you're still in Germany. Possibly he might be scoring goals. But at this context in this Chelsea team, he's definitely struggling. And it's also interesting to come back and see whether Tuchel, whether Chelsea are notorious for upper management, uh, making signings that maybe the 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 manager wouldn't have wanted, you know, things like, you know, I go back all the way to mm. Shashenko and things. That was not a manager signing, that was a Abramovich signing. I, I can't remember off the top of my head in the summer what was being said about Lukaku, whether Tuchel wanted him or whether this was more 
again another signing made from above but yeah it's definitely an issue it's definitely an issue and now the next thing is what do they do do you keep going do you sell him off do you try to bring someone else in it's very difficult okay then i think that pretty much wraps it for chelsea's point of view so let's talk about that same fixture that we just spoke about um chelsea versus spurs but from a spurs angle so Rahul, you want to start with that first, or would you want to start with Spurs versus Leicester first? Which would you prefer? Yeah, I I think we can we can give a little bit of context to the game by by going yeah. back slightly. After these two games, Spurs are seventh. Big caveat there is they've got lots of games in hand. So when we yeah. talk about other people above them for top four, we got Arsenal, United, and West Ham. They got a game in hand over Arsenal, two games over United, and three games over West Ham. If they win all their games in hand, they're in fourth place. So. Yeah. Again, I hate having games big in hand if. because, yeah, big if. You don't yeah. know how congested the sh- schedule is going to be when these games get replayed. But technically, Spurs are still in a decent place compared to, you know, their rivals. Yeah. I think since Conte has come in, most Spurs fans would be pretty happy. Again, caveat is compared to how Nuno did and Nuno, you know, wasn't wasn't doing great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think most most people who come in, would you know, you would have seen some improvement. We look at the Leicester game, I think uh, it's quite a good... I think Spurs fans will look back in the season, no matter how the season pans out, as a game where this is what a Conte team wants to be. When you talk about the other Conte teams you've seen in the past, the Inters, the Chelsea's, where, yes, they might, you know, they might not be on their best uh, form on the day, but they keep calm, they're resilient, and somehow they pull the result out of the bag. And that's exactly what happened against Leicester dominate the game first 20 minutes Leicester don't get a sniff and then go and score a goal they equalise and then 14 minutes to go Madison gets the second one it's 2-1 you'd say all typical Spurs the game is gone I even turned off the game I wasn't watching it anymore and then uh, he brings on Berwijn clutch as fuck he scores two goals 94 to 96 minutes man. Yeah, like, this is not mad. you know yeah and yeah. I think it's, it's we, we, I think especially on this podcast as well we try to shy away from sort of uh non-factual stuff and things you can't really put your finger on but i think these kind of things from a club point of view from a fan's point of view is important having these moments you know and that's one you can build on you know yeah, definitely I, I i it's a mistake of mine that i always refer to liverpool stuff but because i'm a liverpool fan i can always bring it back <laughs> to that but you know things where i remember when we weren't so good under Klopp and we're still fighting for fourth place but you get these results uh, these last minute goals and yeah kind of these yeah, are important yeah. you know these are important but that's why in that context I think leading on from that he'll be probably disappointed which with how the Chelsea games went yeah the momentum so we talk about carried, the Chelsea yeah. games they played them three times in January twice in the League Cup in the semi-final and then once in the league the league game being the most recent I, d- I don't know about you guys but the first two games in the League Cup they didn't lay a glove on on, on Chelsea. Chelsea yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, Chelsea's squad, if, if, you know, if you're an opposition manager, you're looking at it at that time, I think Kante was injured. Um, Kepa was in goal because Mendy was off at AFCON. They were having an injury problem. Tuchel has said, we look tired because we are tired. You know, this is the time to really go at them and have a go. End up losing first leg 2-0, second leg 1-0. Fine, whatever, you're out of the League Cup. Then he goes in the league game and I think the approach from there was a very defensive and very sort of let's not get beat approach. Yeah, yeah. very he play, weird. He it played loads weird. of defensive players. Eh, that yeah. game. Um, exactly, exactly. So the, the the League Cup games, he sets up with uh, his normal sort of 3-5-2. Three, uh, three, 
or a five at the back in defense. But against Chelsea in the league, he adds another defender to the mix. He's got Davies playing left back, so who's already a centre back, and now he's got Doherty and Sesenyon as his wide players up front. And the only two attacking players in that that team on that day were Kane and Bergwijn. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. would class Winks and Hoiberg as attacking as players. Attacking, no. Yeah. So I mean, we we talk about oh giving the opposition sort of even more incentive. Your Chelsea manager is looking at that lineup and thinking this is not a lineup coming to have a go at me. This is not a lineup coming to win the game. This is a lineup coming to avoid defeat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and and and, and that's how we see the game pan out. And I think maybe with a bit of luck, they nick a. One nil, possibly they go away with a zero zero, but you can't do these things against good teams because Ziyech is gonna pick up the ball zero point zero two xg and put it in the top corner, and then yeah. your plans out the window. Yeah. You know, so I think from that point of view, they'll be disappointed. Conte says after the game, this is the gulf between us and Chelsea. Yeah, Three I thought games, I, uh, why would you get five nil? That's a big is, gulf. Yeah, you to know, say that, <laughs> I think it's just going to take a toll on the players as well. You know, you're going to demoralize them further. Like, yeah. I don't think he said it once. He said it a few times, the gulf in quality between the two. Yeah, yeah I think there's a there's a clear lack of trust still, I think, he has in the team. He's just, I don't think he's very happy with where the team is at. I think he, has, yeah. he recognizes he has a lot of work to do and he's trying to put the pressure off himself, I think, for, yeah. for a bit while yeah, he's working possibly. on the players. Yeah, Okay then, I think one you know one key point, one talking point in that game. To be fair, out of the three games, I thought the forty-five minutes um, in the league. Uh, I mean, Spurs against Chelsea. I thought the first forty-five. I thought they played pretty well. When you when you take it into context with the other two uh, league games, not the league games, sorry, the league um, cup games. Yeah, league cup games. But there was one uh, which I thought was not a foul. The one uh, Kane's push on, um, uh, what's his name? Silva. Thiago yeah, Silva. on Silva. Silva. I don't know about y'all because I thought if it was the other way around, um, it wouldn't have been a foul either. Like other way around meaning? A, like if 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 Thiago shoved Kane in the box. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was super su- light. Right? Super light. Super light. Silva already ran past Kane. He's Kane's already lost Silva, and Kane just sort of just grazes him a bit with his hand out. And it's it's a foul, and yeah. I think a, a a moment like that in a game like that, for sure will change the ebb and flow of the game. Of course, I think zero zero as well, right? Yeah, yeah zero zero as well, and it was towards halftime. I think it was forty two minutes because uh, Chelsea go on and score a few minutes after that, right? After halftime, yeah. Yeah, after halftime. Sorry, but the thing is, yeah, moments like that. I I don't know about you. Do you all think that was a foul, or am I the only one who who? Yeah, it's I felt it was very very light actually. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Thiago Silva already ran past, and I think he knew what he was doing. At any touch, and he knew the ball was going behind him as well. So it was an easy decision, and he just had to fall and make the most out of it. So smart, though. <laughs> well, th- that's exactly what I was saying. Actually, I was texting one of my friends during the game, and we were watching it, and we were like, "Oh, Kane scored! Oh, he's been disallowed!" And then you watch the replay, and the first thing I said, I was like, "Thiago Silva has played a blinder there." Yeah, he that's experience. I bet you if he was maybe yeah. a younger defender, less experience, he maybe tries to stay on his feet and concedes the goal. But he's played a blind. He knows he's beaten. Yeah, he knows this guy's gonna get a touch, a shot on on target. So he gives the referee the decision to make. And I think either way, if they you know if they let the goal stand, I'm sure people will be complaining about it. And equally now that they disallowed the goal, people mm. are complaining about, complaining it. about it. But yeah. the referee looking at it. There is contact. There is a shove. If he goes down, you have. I think you have to give the foul. 
you know i think it's very hard yeah. to justify okay. otherwise off, uh, which is very unlucky which is very yeah. un- so i think either way is tough but tiago silva i was going to mention it when kaiser was talking about him earlier as well he's so good in the box as well i think he had yeah. about three or four times offset pieces he's winning it and yeah interceptions this, as well yeah, yeah i think if he was i mean everyone knows he's a great player but i think if it wasn't for his injury record right he'll be one of the still top 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 center back you can yeah. just see it in everything he does i remember the penalty that chelsea got against united as well he was the one who won that penalty so smart You know, who was like, it? Uh, one Bissaka. One Bissaka right? kicked him, but he yeah. just had to put his leg there first. You know, so yeah. good, man! Such yeah. a clever smart, player. Very smart. Yeah, and you yeah. know, I think before he came to Premier League, obviously I knew he was a good player, but you don't really watch him that closely. And you watch him now, you just see this is yeah. This is the, the only difference. thing was I thought oh, no lah. You know, this league is too fast for him. You know, he's old. You know, he he doesn't have the pace. But he's so smart. Players like him, like you say, he's so good in the box. You don't need to have the pace sometimes. You mm, know, yeah. you just have to be Experience, clever lah. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting to see him in a back two more often, though. I mean, the fact that he's in a back three and he can like yeah, wash the defense. Same same thing I want to say about Rudiger as well. You know, I had a friend. I had a discussion with another friend. He's like, Rudiger is actually a fraud. I've seen him play in a normal back four, and then you'll see whether he's actually good or not. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> no, be saying that, but the, the other day they played in a four, right? Yeah. What against? Yeah. Against Spurs, right? It was in a yeah, four. Yeah. 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 It was in yeah, a four. Fair. True. Okay then, guys. I think that pretty much wraps up. Um, we've spoken about Chelsea. We've spoken about Spurs. So let's take a quick break before we talk about. <gasps> Catch you after this. <laughs> so the last team that we're going to talk about in the review segment is um, the one and only Manchester United. So currently, after beating uh, West Ham, they are sitting in fourth with. 38 points and with 22 games played. Um, so instead of just talking about the West Ham game, I thought since we haven't spoke about United in a while, let's just talk about the differences under Ralph Rangnick and how United have changed. I don't want to go as far as saying improved or what, but how United have changed <laughs> to a certain extent. And um, so there's been one defeat so far in the 13 games ever since um, Ole left the job. And um, eight wins out of those thirteen games, and honestly speaking, it's not so convincing. The wins haven't been convincing, but a lot of luck involved. Yeah, luck involved, and but at the end of the day, he's getting the results. That's one. But if you look at the fixtures, I think you've been very kind to him because we've not played any big, big, major, tough games. The toughest game I would say is the West Ham game, the one that we won one 0 But yeah, fixtures have been kind to him, and so far I would say if you were to give me a like a rating out of ten, I think about a solid seven. Like I'm happy, I'm content, I'm satisfied. So let's talk about the West Ham game. Um, it was a very tight game throughout. Um, both teams didn't look like they were scoring. To be fair, United did have the better chances in the overall game. So you look at the xG. It was uh, 1.76 to West Ham 0.24. Although United's xG was pretty low until Rashford scored that last minute goal. To be fair, United's uh, xG I think was 0.4 something to um, uh, West Ham 0.2 mm. something. Yeah, because like. it was a tap in, right? It was yeah, it was yeah. a tap yeah. in. So Very it really boosted the <laughs> xG up. So it doesn't <laughs> tell the whole picture. So if you look at the stats, yeah, we had 57% possession, 18 shots to six shots. But the thing is, out of that 18 shots, I think only four were on target, or three or four were on target, and most of them were like speculative efforts, 
And yeah, it was a very, very dry, very cagey game, I would say. And um, defensively, however, United played pretty well. Um, they were good in possession defensively, not when it came to attacking. Varane and Maguire had a good game defensively. But on the ball, United um, was still poor. I just want to ask, did you all watch that game, that West Ham game? Yeah, and I thought, I, I mean, I, my first thing when I looked at it was maybe not from a United point of view. It was more, mm. I thought West Ham were quite disappointing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I think same. They, they were, I don't know if it was a bit off the boil or, I don't know, maybe David Moyes, like, I don't know, he's got a phobia when he goes to, you know, I, I have no idea. But yeah, I, I feel West, I think United did play well. I think, you, like you said, you're seeing signs of improvement, especially maybe in possession, in the transition, you're not losing the ball as you were mm. earlier in his in his tenure. But West Ham made it easy, I, I think, you know. So, because the thing is, even I thought the same. I, I was wondering why West Ham weren't going, you know, United were having the ball and West Ham didn't press. They were just sitting back in a 4-4-2 and they were, just, they were just happy to let us have the ball. Yeah. But also, I think about, is it because of the way United played? Is it because, yeah. of, should we yeah. give credit to United for making West Ham look like they didn't try, you know? So, yeah, because one thing I realised was that, I don't know if you guys have been doing this for a lot of games, but Bruno's drops deep. A lot more now and gets involved in the play. I don't know if that impacts yeah, how you definitely play a lot now. Definitely. So the thing is, prior to this, right, we always, you know, we shun McFred, McFred because they always get exposed all the time. The main yeah. reason is, uh, before uh, Rangnick, Bruno was pretty much like the second striker. He was always up there, and there was no one feeding him the ball or feeding Ronaldo, whoever up top there was, you know. And there was always a gaping hole in the middle. So every time he got counted, there was only McTominay and Fred. And most of the time, either one of them will be, they won't be behind the ball, you know. They'll be way up in front. So now, yeah. because Bruno has dropped in deep, he's made that extra man. So we can string more passes together, keep a, a, a bit of control. I think that's that's what the game plan was to have more control. You can see after every uh, post match or so, what Rangnick wants is more control. So in the West Ham game, yeah, we had control, but we weren't threatening either. And uh, yeah, th those are one of the things that have changed, Kaiser Bruno yeah. dropping in deep. And I think it would have even made more difference. I think if you you have better quality fullbacks because they've been allowed to push up, but I think they haven't had the end product that you, yeah. you'd like from your yeah. fullbacks. From the fullbacks. But to be fair, I think uh, Dalo has come in and done a good job when you compare with Aaron Wan-Bissaka because I think now the game's evolved. La. Like you look at Chelsea, you have James, you look at uh, City, Cancelo, you have uh, Trent for Liverpool, you yep. have Hakimi. You know, that extra fullback who can be so potent when it comes to attack, can dribble, can pass. Dalo has a very good pass on him as well. And... I think it just had adds a different outlet. You can you are able to stretch teams. You know you have the wit to do it. You know in that yeah. sense. But but yeah, we've changed. We've changed quite a bit. So I just want to highlight some of the things that have changed. So for example, possession. I remember Rahul, you you, you talked about how uh, United. You know they were never the type of team to have any possession of the ball. They were basically like just a counter attacking team, right? And um, there's a there's a trend now. So the trend is. In the last eight games under Ragnick, United have had an average of 56% possession. And then you compare that to Ole's last eight games. So there's about 45% average possession across those eight games. So if you want to say more control, I don't know, Kaiser, do you, would you say there's more control 
I, I don't know. You see the first 45 minutes against Brentford, what control was there, you know? And that was just like a game ago before this West Ham game. Yeah, it's... It doesn't feel like United like still has control of the game. I think like parts of the game, um, maybe, but like across the whole game when you watch as a whole, I think there's still so much. I think because there's still errors in the, in the game and loss of possessions and stuff like that. That I feel that the control that United still or Ragnick wants trying to yeah. achieve is, is is still not what you what you expect. Yeah, but one thing I like is I would say the defensive work rate of all the players. Uh, has significantly improved. I mean, you see the wingers now tracking back like Ilanga, um, um, sorry, Greenwood, all these players. Like when we get counter-attack, I see there are more players for United running back. You know, there are more bodies. Prior to this, uh, every time we'd be like 2v2 or 3v3, it was crazy. So it's have football, you know. So <laughs> yeah. that has changed as well. You know, the work rate has increased. Yeah. Where did Ilanga come from, by the way? As so, in, was that always uh, someone you had high hopes for? Um, actually, no. But I've, I I knew Ilanga was good, but he never sort of, not like like Greenwood level, I would say. But mm, Ragnik actually hype. has taken a liking to Ilanga. Apparently, Ragnik went through his YouTube videos and all, you know, when he got the job uh, prior to coming to Manchester. <laughs> top, top, went top level <laughs> scouting. <laughs> yeah. the, the Scout Nation one. So, Just to bring it back banger. to the defensive point of view about United, I think you can always judge how well United are doing based on how well De Gea has to play. Yeah. If De Gea is in a match highlights after, you know. <laughs> and to be fair, until that's why I was ex- I was so surprised by the West Ham game because previously, I mean, against Brentford, against... I can't remember who was the game before. Against every game, bro. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, he's, he's that's what we got right. the he, guy, always managed, he always managed to put <laughs> his the, foot out. For him to wreck the save points, not for the clean sheet, bro. It's for the save points. <laughs> but yeah, very good point. It definitely translates to... to yeah, you, you want to see uh, United's defensive uh, capability. You see how many shots the guy has had to make. Save. And a fun fact... De Gea has made the most saves this season as a Premier League keeper. The other thing I was going to ask Viz is um, against... So, game just gone. Mm-hmm. When they sub Greenwood off for Rashford, what, like, basically, uh, the question I want to ask is what's the vibe amongst the fan base with what Ralph has done? Because when he sub Greenwood off, people were booing, right? If I'm not mistaken. That wasn't this game. That was... Oh, um, that was the Brentford game, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No, that was the Villa game. No, can't be, right? Okay. That was the Villa game. Even I was like, what the hell? Why are you taking Greenwood off, you know? Yeah. 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 And yeah. what's, the, what, what's the, okay, see, the feeling now? So, the, the thing for the Villa game, right? We were 2-0 up and Rangnick didn't make any substitutions till about, I think, the 80th minute or something like that. Very late. And um, Villa made the right substitutions at the right time. And they sort of, you know, they got back to the game. They scored two good goals and, yeah, the game ended uh, 2-2. So against Brentford, when we were 2-0 up, I mean, uh, when, yeah, we had a two-goal lead, immediately you could see him bringing on defensive players ready. He wanted to, like, shut up shop and he didn't want to make the same mistakes again. So you can see from game to game, he is learning, you know, when to make the substitutions. And twice he brought on uh, Rashford, he has scored back-to-back. Even that goal against West Ham, right, it was all his three substitutions, which was Cavani, Martial and Rashford who combined for the goal, essentially. So... I would say he's, he, he got it and it was such an important goal. It was really a very important goal. Those three points are extremely important, I would say. So, I think, yeah, that's pretty much it. 
um, for United, I must say, there are still things, some things that, you know, we'd, I, I'd like to see that, that need to change. For example, we still need a holding midfielder. Um, you know, mm. McTominay and Fred cannot play that holding midfield role. That's and been yeah, a problem for so long. Though, yeah, right? look yeah. at Declan so Rice. Long. Look at So he had such a good game, to be fair. Against, although they lost, but he had a very good game himself, you know. And yeah, against, so against Brentford's midfield, so we get overrun. Every time we get overrun. So yeah, it's been a... It's been a persistent problem. So that's the major thing we need to fix right now. Besides that, I think Rashford has gone through a, a slump in the in the middle. But he got two goals back-to-back. Um, back, so that should boost his confidence. Um, other than goals, to be fair, he hasn't contributed much. He's I don't know. Poor, yeah, right? yeah, he's been still poor, you know. But I guess, yeah, clutch goal. I don't want to you know, talk shit. Lah. He, he delivered lah, when it mattered. So fair enough. So we'll see. So I think, yeah, I think uh, that's pretty much it for our review section and um, let's take uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll dive into the preview section so um, this is the preview section but we're going to scratch that today what we're going to talk about is not uh, top four we're going to talk about fight for fourth place so the teams that are in contention right now are Spurs Man United Arsenal and West Ham. Wow. So guys, I don't know how Wait, you want to do this. Yeah. West Leicester. <laughs> Why are we supposed to talk about Leicester also? <laughs> no, but you no. Uh, oh. they were meant oh, to uh, finish about right. Liverpool, right? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys are you guys have brought Run this that clip up, back. Uh, Run that clip. 300 times like guys. Oh my god. I even forgot why you brought up Leicester. <laughs> You're like, eh? good acting. Good acting. <laughs> okay, so which which team you all want to start with first? So I thought maybe uh, we give our predictions first or you want to go through the teams first? You're the boss. You're the um, boss. Okay. So I think what we can do is we give our predictions and then we give justification based on those predictions as we are discussing teams one by one. So since I'm the boss, I'm going to pick Kaiser. Out of the four teams, can you rank which team? Accordingly, so the first team obviously gets fourth spot, and then accordingly, who would you okay? Rank? So, my prediction at this point is United will get fourth, Spurs fifth, Arsenal sixth, and West Ham seventh. Raul, what about you? Yeah, it's a bit boring, but I was literally looking at it as Kaiser was saying it, and I probably have it the same. The only two probably okay. I think I'll switch that around, and I'll say. No, I think yours is going to be like mine now. United fourth. Yeah. Arsenal fifth. Spurs sixth, and then West Ham. Mm, so Spurs and Arsenal that. switch from mine. Yeah, Spurs and I think so. Like the the way I started looking at this to make my decision, the place I always go for predictions is normally I look at bookies odds. Because they know, like, you know, mm, these guys know. They know. So, <laughs> I, I knew you were going to get the bookies odds. Huh? I was like, I'm so, banking a Rahul to have that. Yeah, so to be fair, I mean, bookies agree with Kaiser, but it's very close between United really, yeah. and Spurs. Yeah, yeah, very close okay. between United and Spurs. And then there's a bit of a gap to Arsenal. And then West Ham are pretty far out, which is surprising. I think they've dipped in form over the last few games. And I think that's why yeah. they've seen them on the outside chance. Mm. So the only reason I think I've gone against the bookies ones for Spurs and Arsenal is because both of them don't have Europe, so that's fine. But the only thing is, I think Conte still doesn't know what's the best approach. I think the squad is a bit thin. 
So there are quite a few question marks. And finally, the last thing is they've got all these games in hand. They've got three games in hand already at this point. And there's no way with the pack schedule as it is that these games in hand are going to fall in a nice way. You know, they're going to be midweek games. And I think that's quite a difficult ask. Arsenal, to be fair, have what? A game in hand as well. I think that's yeah. against Spurs. Yeah. But Arteta has had more time. I think this season you've really seen improvements and you can see that the players are doing what he's wanted to do over the past couple of seasons. And they've been consistent. You know, I think besides the draw at Everton and the FA Cup result, they have been very good. Um, so, yeah. So, I think I, 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 I'd back Arsenal just to be better at winning the games that they're supposed to win. Um, and that should put them put them above Spurs. Okay, so let me just get this straight. Huh? So, Kaiser, you rank United first, yeah. and then Spurs, Arsenal, and West Ham. Mm-hmm. Rahul, you uh, United first, and then uh, Arsenal, then Spurs, then West Ham, correct? Yeah. 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 So, mine is similar to Kaiser's, which is uh, United, um, Spurs, Arsenal, and West Ham. So since we all have um, have got United in the top four, I thought maybe we could discuss United first and get it yeah. out of the way, and then we'll just discuss the differences between the other teams, lah. So okay, I pose this question to y'all. Since I'm a United fan, I'm gonna be biased anyway. I I want us to finish top four, but I wanna ask y'all why do you think United will finish top four? Um. Yeah, <laughs> just because you've asked that question, I think I'm struggling to find positive ways to say, oh, because United are good at this or good at that. <laughs> I think it's not because of that, but I think everyone else is just slightly worse, um, <laughs> which sounds like a rubbish answer. <laughs> um, but I, you just don't say United good. Uh, so. No, no, no. Well, to be fair, they po- haven't pos- been. Possibly, so. but I think there are fewer question marks for United over the other two. I think West Ham, even though they've fared well with European the group stages, I think they'll really want to concentrate on going far in the Europa League. So that's where they might struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurs, I think, are still quite an unknown entity. I know they, you know, against Palace and against Norwich, they won 3-0 quite convincingly, but I think they might struggle against a few more teams if, you know, the better teams who are able to sort of park the bus and make it difficult for them. Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, Arsenal. I've got I've got United and Arsenal as fourth or fifth. I, with a bit of luck, maybe Arsenal could could could, could take fourth spot. But I think the big question mark in that Arsenal team now is who plays. You know that pivot up front. Lacazette has been there, but I think Lacazette's best games are never him scoring a hat trick and putting on yeah. a, you know a clutch like attacking performance. Lacazette's best games are when it's like. Pro- proper down and dirty he puts in a shift and you know he's able yeah. to facilitate the other four being Odegaard Smithrow Martinelli and Saka and I think we said this earlier in the year I think with a team full of youngsters who are great I, I really yeah. enjoy watching Martinelli and Saka there will be inconsistencies and that's the opposite for United you've got Cavani Ronaldo up front and then you've got I mean even Rashford Rashford's not a young player anymore you know he's yeah. like a seasoned professional yeah. Sancho, uh, Greenwood is a yeah. good player. Fernandez, I think they just have enough the squad. There. Yeah, yeah. yeah United that's have the, a stacked squad. Basically, thing. that's that's my yeah. main point. Actually, they have exactly just a stacked squad, and I think there'll be enough moments in the season where they're under pressure, and there will be this individual individual brilliance through. that will yeah. help them through, and they can they show that they can grind out results as well. I mean, the only thing is, 
I guess Champions League can be a distraction potentially, but I think they might go out in the next round anyway. Uh, so I don't think there'll be much of a distraction. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think just looking at the squad, the experience that they have uh, and the individual brilliance. Um, and yeah, it's all relative at the end of the day. So we'll talk about other three as well, what issues they have. But yeah, I think that's the main reason. Yeah, I wanted to say basically what, what Kaiser just said. So I think I, I it's, it's just me repeating myself. It's just that United just have a better squad overall. When you compare the the gulf, uh, as Conte <laughs> would put it, you know, <laughs> you, you compare it with Spurs, compare it with Arsenal with, with West Ham. I mean, yeah, it's pretty evident lah. The United will go through based on, like Kaiser said, individual brilliance and just the fact that we have talented players lah. And so, okay, so since we've moved United out of the way, so I thought maybe let's talk about Spurs, because me and Kaiser think Spurs will finish. Rahul, you think Arsenal will finish right behind United, right? So let's just talk about Spurs first. So I just want to say. Um, the reason why Spurs, so we phrase it this way, like the reason why Spurs won't make top four in United will, I think because Spurs are a two-man team. No matter how good Conte is, you can see he's trying. He's trying his best and I think he still needs time. But at the end of the day, is Son and Kane. And if one of them is injured, you can see it's so obvious, you know, the way that, that Tottenham play, you know, like without Son, that the pretty m- I would say Son is more important to that team than Kane. I think that's a big statement to make, but I don't know how you all feel about it. And I think mm, injuries I as well. Injuries <clears throat> to Spurs, I think that would be also their downfall. And um, yeah, I just, I that's that's basically why, after I, especially when I saw uh, the, the games against um, Chelsea, the all three games, I don't see them you know, making it through top four. In the big games, I don't see them turning a corner or anything of that sort. But, you know, still a long way to go. But that's just, just my take on it. Uh, I don't know what you think, Kaiser. What, what, what are your reasons as to why, I suppose? Yeah, I think the argument yeah. is not looking up at United because I'm more confident about that. It's more the Spurs versus Arsenal, which one will take okay. sort of fifth spot. Okay. Uh, so more looking down. Uh, but... I think like Rahul mentioned earlier, which I agree, like Spurs are still quite an unknown entity. They have a mm. good, very good manager um, who has a very good track record. Uh, so I'm sort of banking on that. And I think we can already see the trend that things are starting to improve despite the setback against Chelsea. But Chelsea yeah, are definitely. a yeah, top yeah, three yeah. team. But I think the trend is there that um, he's getting the team together and improving. And they have, I think, the best manager out of these four teams. Yeah, uh, okay. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he just haven't got a hold of the team yet. But yeah. I'm banking on the next few months uh, that Conte will find his feet and actually get uh, Spurs playing the way he wants. Uh, yeah. But and they're only left in the FA Cup as well, so, um, and so not really big distractions outside of the league. The only thing is they have a lot of tough games actually. Uh, they still have to go to both Manchester. Um, away grounds City mm. United they have yeah, to go yeah, at, yeah. they have to go to Anfield still uh, and they have the postponed games which Rahul mentioned uh, they have to fit in so that's why I yeah, think between be squeeze. yeah between Spurs and Arsenal the fixture congestion will be quite mad um, but so that's the only thing that's why it feels tough but if they didn't have those I think they would finish above Arsenal yeah. would you put your money for Spurs to finish top 4 next season? <sighs> ooh no, I don't no, think it's, it's I don't think it's clear cut. I don't think it's clear cut. You don't think so? I think with Conte, I think it's possible, man. I I would put my money for top four for Spurs next season. Well, United, really? we don't know what entity they'll be next season. They could, I mean, with the players they have, they could improve from 
the season. It, could, it depends so. on which manager they're going to bring in as well. Yeah. And also, will Kane be there? You know, the, there's... Mm. Oh, that's yeah, another that's question, question. I mean, come, I mean, it's yeah. just exactly what Kaiser said there. But Spurs don't know. If you ask Conte out of all the four managers of the teams you just spoke about, I don't think he'll be able to tell you who his best defensive line is. I don't yeah. think he'll be able to tell you who his best <laughs> midfield partnership is. And like you said, this the only two people he probably says he's you know sure of is Son and Kane, and Kane. he's also played them in different ways. So mm. out of all four. They are the only team where the manager himself doesn't know what the best best eleven is, you know. And I think that's a very difficult thing to to compete against when the other three teams are. I mean, like we said, Ralph is new as well, but he's got more sure things he can tell you. I I mean, if I asked you now, I bet you he, he'll tell you Maguire and Varane, his centre backs. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. De Gea is there. Ronaldo mm-hmm. is probably his his first choice up top, and then he yeah. picks two around him. And then he's got McFred and then uh, Fernandez ahead. You know, it's, it's yeah. a more settled team. Even though he's trying to do different things with the team, personnel is mm. settled, you know. But C- Conte yeah. doesn't have that. He doesn't know that. He's yeah. trying to get... I think Spurs are pushing to try and get a left-sided centre-back. So, again, where, where does he actually like Davies? Does he not think he's good enough? Is he just playing him there because he's got no one else? I think there yeah. are definitely more question marks over, over Spurs. Yeah. The thing is, this is all relative. And, like, I, I want to talk about Arsenal... As a comparison, unless this you have another point, you have more points. Uh, no, I think Spurs. I think pretty much covered it, lah. With Spurs, yeah. yeah so you can so you can continue with Arsenal. Yeah, I think so. For yeah. Arsenal compared to Spurs, I think despite their um, good run of form the past few months uh, with the torrid start after the torrid start to the season, I think like we mentioned multiple times, the squad is just overall too inex- inexperienced. Yeah. I think overall they've been quite lucky with injuries uh, as well. Um, and yeah, I think due to that inexperience, I think they could crumble under pressure at some uh, key moments. Although in the past few months, they've shown that they have uh, resilience. Uh, and one good thing about it is that they are out of all the other comp- uh, yeah, competitions. Yeah, that's the biggest plus actually. Yeah. They are out of yeah all other competitions. They only have the league to focus on. They focus but, on, especially in this yeah. COVID kind of uh, season. Because sometimes you're also yeah. worried if you're not in all competitions because you lose a lot of uh, momentum, right, that p- other teams have. Um, but yeah, I think this just the squad being uh, basically too, too inexperienced too overall. Young, I think, yeah, too young. I think that they can't uh, push all the way to the end of the season to have a good season. Yeah, and I think the way Arsenal play, right? We were talking about the the the, the need of a good number nine earlier. I feel the way Arsenal play, they need a number nine, like a proper number nine. Because if you watch that Burnley game, I think Arsenal created quite a number of chances, although maybe half chances. But if you had a proper number nine in there, Arsenal, uh, Arsenal would have definitely won that game. And uh, yeah, with the Aubameyang situation and with Lacazette getting so old, you know, they're, they're having a lack of a proper striker is going to be a problem. All three of the the games where they've struggled to score, so Everton, North Forest, and FA Cup, and Burnley, there were chances there that maybe a better finish. Yes, correct. Yeah, we just put it away, correct? And like the last four games is consecutive goalless games. All that four games apparently it hasn't happened in sixteen years, so it's quite sad actually. And Kaiser, coming back to your point. But you talked about um, the inexperienced squad. Like you see, Saka, ESR, I think they carried Arsenal throughout November, December. But like I've said before, the thing with young players is you cannot expect them to to sort of be consistent. La. This is what you're going to face, you know, when, when the squad is inexperienced. Yep. And 
And yeah, la, you know, that's what they're going through. They haven't won a game, a single game this year. You know, they played, what, four games, five games? Four games. Yeah. And they haven't won. So I'm very I, hopeful for Arsenal in, like, three years. Like, that I'm okay, very interested fine. to see how they are, if they can keep Arteta. But that's, that's uh, the big assumption, they keep everyone, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's the sure, way Martinelli is playing, oh my God, I, I won't be surprised if someone comes, yeah. what, a, what a player, man. He's so yeah. good. So, so good. And I'm already, I, everyone knows I'm a big fan of Saka as well. But whether yeah, they can retain these players, that's the question. Yeah, if they're going to finish six, I mean, they have to improve on this uh, this year's um, yeah results. No? Definitely. And yeah, just to add, my favourite Arsenal player, Tomiyasu, is injured also. He's out for <laughs> several weeks. So that's, that's going to be a problem as well. Oh, the back line's unsettled again. Yeah, again. But then who's, again. who's, you know, whose decision was it to let uh, uh, Maitland-Niles go on loan? You know, yeah. because of thing. that, they were forced to yeah. play Tomiyasu there, and yeah, yeah sometimes, yeah, sometimes I feel Arsenal need to be more decisive with their outgoings. You know, I think they've improved prop- a bit in their in, you know, the the transfers they've made coming in, but there are a few decisions there where players at their highest value they should have cashed in, or you know, if you haven't cashed in, just keep them in the squad for now. And like this, you know, you're you're having to play Tomiyasu against Liverpool on Thursday, and he, you know. Alright, so we've discussed the three out of the four teams, so that leaves just West Ham. So we've all ranked West Ham to finish uh finish finish seventh, correct? Eh? Yep. Is that Four, right? Five, six, seven, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um I I'm just gonna say I'm gonna start with this. I think um they've done very well and I think they're punching above their weight. And the squad is too thin. That's what I feel. And against United, especially... I, okay, I'm going back to the United game. They needed some game changes to come off the bench and they just don't have any. It, Fredericks came on. And, he was at um, fault for the goal, of, right? <laughs> Yeah, he was at fault for the goal. And they pretty much, yeah, they don't have any players besides their starting eleven. And if their starting eleven don't do well, they're pretty much... I, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so what I'm trying to say is the squad is too thin, and with Europa League also there, I don't think yeah. they'll be able to. I think that's a big distraction, like Rahu mentioned earlier. They'll revert and to the mean line, which is seven. That's what I think. And yeah, we said how key Antonio has been, and yet uh, I think other players have come in at different times, and they've been relying on that, like Ben Rama early season, mm. uh, then Fornals and yeah. Bowen recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no... I mean, they like Everyone's very, taking their turns to peak. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> they're a very like cohesive, settled team. Uh, but they are relying on that uh, those few players uh, too heavily. I mean, say, saying all that, I was just going to say, you know, even though we put them at seven, all of us have put them at seven, is, this is so tight. You know, I really... Yeah, so tight. Yeah, the so points will be wrong with yeah. just won't so, be surprised. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, with Europa League, but we said it's beginning a season and they've fed, like, you know, very well. <laughs> yeah. Up till yeah. now, yeah. So, I, I, only thing I can say is, like, I can't remember fourth place being this tight for a long time. Like, you know, I think it's definitely going to be more exciting than the, the title race. For sure. Um, and it's a very something to note is the fixtures as well. Oh, yeah. They we have a load, of pl- a load of good teams to play. So, they have... To go away to Leicester, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And at home, they have to play Wolves, Arsenal, Man City uh, still. So they have a lot of tough fixtures still to come. Uh, for the, so the run-in looks very tricky as compared to the other three. So I think uh, when we look at the immediate fixtures, so 
for um, uh, United, I think they I think they have the easiest out of the next three, I would say. So United yeah. have Burnley away, Southampton at home, and then Brighton at home. And then Spurs, they have Southampton at home, Wolves at home, City away. Yeah. So I, I, I think six out of nine points. I don't see them beating City. And then for Arsenal, uh, they play Wolves away, Brentford at home, and then Watford away. So um, with I the can current see form, them Arsenal really struggling in. against Wolves, you know. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, Wolves, yeah. For sure. Yeah, exactly same thing with Spurs, who play Wolves after that. I can yeah, who play Wolves see as, well. as well. And then you have West Ham, who play Watford at home, new manager bounce, and then Leicester away, and then Newcastle <laughs> at home. How many bloody bounces? <laughs> 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 so many manager bounces <laughs> and if actually Wolves are playing some of these teams eh? and if they if they can win those games they might be very outside chance like, but they would be, be a bit in the a lot of Wolf, Wolves fans I think are unhappy that no one's you know speaking about, about it, yeah. it. <laughs> talking about yeah. them huh? because they're definitely playing better than they were at the, s- the start of the season they're getting the results now okay this is a question out of the four teams that we uh, we just discussed, who do you think is the likeliest to like, no lah, you'll be united lah. I mean, to break into the top three, you know, would there no, be any team? Is no, there even a chance no of that chance happening? No, no chance. No chance, right? No. The golf, the, the gap is too big. The golf. The golf. Uh, <laughs> <the> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to not say yeah. golf again. But I guess if they go <laughs> foot to foot, or be to so okay guys with that being said that was the baller boys we hope you enjoyed this one it was a bit different and uh, yeah we hope to catch you in the next spot see you bye guys Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli and I think you you, you, you are an ostrich next Tuesday April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester and that is you David Myers Football heritage. No one wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. <laughs>